Welcome everyone. This is the Medicine of Success podcast and today we have a, uh, a special friend, uh, Brad in my fraternity, who is uh, practicing now in the United States, specifically in Tyler, Texas. And uh, he is a nephrologist and has a good practice, has been there for almost more than two decades practicing there. And, and um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, investing strategies for U.S. physicians because some of our listeners uh, are in the States and uh, most of them are doctors. And I, I just want to maybe educate some of our uh, doctor physicians on how you can uh, manage your finance and uh, and our, our, our guest now, Dr. Stephen, has been the financial advisor of our fraternity in terms of investments. And he's been uh, uh, doing well with our investments. That's why I told him I want to interview him. No? So uh, without further ado, let's welcome uh, my brad, Kuya, Dr. Stephen Pamatmat. Hi, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'll, uh, actually, I'm proud of you of... Uh, uh, establishing this pod, podcast, and I'm sure you have uh, this. Your fan base will grow, and hopefully, they could learn from all your uh, attendees and all your uh, guests in this podcast. Yes, thank you, Kuya Stephen. I'll call you a uh, Doctor Stephen uh, in short. No, so okay, um, sure. b- before we begin, no, uh, our, our investing uh, interview. Maybe, uh, no, I just give us a background on uh, where you came from, educational background. Can you tell us something about yourself? Uh, so my upbringing, I came from a modest family. My parents, um, well, my mother was a school librarian and my father was a priest. I was an eldest. I was the eldest of uh, uh, five children, all boys, okay? And um, uh, I started my uh, education at the University of Santo Tomas in uh, uh, with a, my pre-med of BS Psychology. Uh, this was in 1985. Um, growing, up, growing up in our, uh, you see my parents, they could not really afford all of us uh, to go in a university or college. So we went to a public school. So uh, everybody, we were, um, uh, thought that we need to uh, contribute by working as a college student so that we could be uh, able to um, afford our education. So my gateway to education is having scholarship. And uh, when I was a child, I, I'm an avid player of, of playing chess. So I became a professional chess player. And that gave me a uh, gateway to... Uh, uh, to get a scholarship at University of Santo Tomas. So I was a varsity chess player and they, uh, it kind of helped finance my education from pre-med and then medical school. So I finished medical school in 1989. Then um, after medical school and took the boards, I, I practiced locally in Cavite uh, because um, just like I said, I have to help my parents in um, uh, financing the education of my other brothers. So I practice like a family practice and also at least save some money to, uh, uh, to buy my ticket going to the States because that's my ultimate goal because 
I knew that's the only time that I could uh, improve my, um, I would say, ambition to towards financial freedom. So that's my background at this point. Okay, uh, Kuya Dr. Stephen, no? um, uh, when did you take, of course, you took the, the MLE, no? and uh, was it uh, a, a breeze? And, uh, and then uh, from there, uh, did you, wh where did you go? Uh, like residency program, etc. Yeah. I see. Okay, so um, I, I took the uh, USMLE like in 1991, I, if I remember right. Because during that time, um, while practicing and, and reviewing for the MLE, uh, it was in 1991. Then when I passed the exam, uh, it took me a while to get a visa because it's difficult to get a tourist visa. Actually, I was denied three times. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, until my, uh, during that time, my, my fiancé, Mernel, <laughs> uh, helped me in terms of getting more interviews from the during that time, if you may imagine, there's no internet, no email. So all correspondence is towards uh, through regular mail. Mail, uh, mail. So mail lang. So we, uh, I sent my applications like at random, like all over the states, which my wife now is able to uh, at least help me in getting interviews. So finally, on my fourth attempt to get a visa, I uh, they granted me, <laughs> and this was in uh, in 1993. Mm -hmm. So two years of applying, then finally got my tourist visa. So in 1993, I arrived in New York, um, and actually that's that's the first time uh, I was introduced in terms of investing because while I was waiting for my matching. Uh, my wife, she was doing her residency during that time in New York. Uh, I just kind of watching TV while waiting for her from work. And then uh, I got um, interested when I was watching this MSNBC or something like, or CNBC. The ticker symbol kind of all, I mean, being in New York, everybody's talking about stocks and, and it, Kind of got fascinated, uh, got me interested. So, uh, since I, I was not doing anything, what I did, I went to the library, and that's the first time I opened the books about financing. And I realized that uh, what I knew about our financing in the Philippines, like just save money in the bank, is not going to work in the United States. And then um, while my wife was doing residency, I think someone approached her like a financial advisor to uh, invest like in New York life insurance. And my wife, she was so busy about it. And she said, uh, could you take care of this uh, financial advisor and, and, um, and see if this is something uh, worthwhile to do? So I met this financial advisor, like a New York life insurance agent. Mm -hmm. But my instinct is always, I need to save something. I don't want to pay someone if I could do it myself. So I just listened to him and tried to um, digest what is, tell, what is he selling. So 
I know it's a, I would not say scam, but I know there's something um, fishy about it. Like, it looks like I'm going to pay a big commission. <laughs> and considering this is not my own money, it's my wife's money. Because I, uh, I'm just like still not in a residency program, so I don't have any income. I'm relying with my wife during that time. And I said, so, uh, and that's kind of influenced me to do my own homework and research. Mm -hmm. So uh, from, from New York, uh, you had your, where, where did you have residency? So you were started, you know, started uh, thinking about investing. Yes. You went to the library, you learned uh, while you were not in residency. And then during residency, first of all, where did you have your residency? And during residency, did you uh, learn more about investing? Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so the following year, so 1993, so March 1994, I think was the matching. And then um, um, I got accepted at St. John Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, so, uh, and I was surprised also. The good thing about our residency program, part of their, uh, one of their ground rounds, they have this uh, investing for physicians. And that's why I, where I learned what is 401k, what is IRA. So mm -hmm. it's part of the curriculum. And I think that's kind of, I'm fortunate enough to at least my attendance, the, or, or the program itself, they have a certain, they set aside time for the young residents to learn about financial or to, financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so first year, of residency, I opened my own IRA and then 401k. And then after my residency, I went to practice to Ohio in Ohio for two years and then went back to, uh, to training by doing a nephrology fellowship. This was in 1999. Mm -hmm. And then finished my fellowship in nephrology in 2001. And then how did you end up in Tyler, Texas? All right, ending up in Tyler, Texas. Well, my first job out of my fellowship in nephrology was, was in Florida. Mm. Uh, because we've been in the Midwest for a long time. So my, we decided to find a place which is, uh, there's no winter or snow. Mm -hmm. And then also, because of my financial background, during that time, that we have to look for a place that is, has no state tax <laughs> to save from taxes ah smart <laughs> yeah so uh so we can um rule out other states so florida is our first step okay but then in florida i w we were in like a, a multi-specialty group we're, we're, we were thinking about because my wife she she's now a practicing pediatrician would be on the same group and we'd be together okay so, uh, but then we realized that I'm so busy with my, because I was the only nephrologist in that small town. We don't want to go to a bigger town because we want to raise kids. During the time, we have two boys, okay, two young boys. So they were born in Ohio. So I thought, yeah, maybe uh, let's go to a place that we could really uh, um, uh, raise our kids, not in a big city. Just like, because we were both on a, we came from a, province so we yeah uh, but then i was so busy i never had a time 
for my kids. So my family is always my priority. So I don't want them not seeing me while they're growing up. So just less than a year in Florida, I decided to look for a uh, practice that will um, give me a protective weekends for my family. So I realized private uh, multi-specialty group is not for me. So I look for a 100% uh, project practice in a group. And that's when I found Tyler, Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you're in Tyler, Texas. And uh, now we proceed to, you know, your, what are your investing principles, uh, Dr. Stephen? All right. Uh, my, my, uh, okay. Investing principle for me is is always live within your means and also all uh, to uh, first pay yourself like uh, I never bought any kind of luxury car while, while I was just starting out okay because um, uh, another way is like um, live with a simple life Everything I mm -hmm. want to be in a simple, automatic uh, mm -hmm. way of doing it. Because I, uh, I'm a busy practitioner, so I don't have time to really uh, um, like make it simple. I think it's the key. And okay. paying all the debt is also my principle. Not, uh, you, know, you always want to be um, debt-free. So not too much debt, no? Yes. So like my credit cards, I don't, I always pay my credit card uh, in full amount, not, mm -hmm. not just the minimum amount. So it means I'm not going to buy anything that I cannot afford to pay it in time. Okay. So uh, during that time, of course, you were starting and uh, you were you're living simple, you pay your credit card. And what, what's the percentage of your net income do you devote to investments? Like how many percent? 5%, 20%? Okay. OK, since we are both practicing physician, what we do is we live with just one salary uh, in a family. So in a way, almost 50 percent will, will go to, the, to savings. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so let's say first, both of us, my wife and me, maximizing the IA, our retirement account, the IRA for one k But then our regular spending, we're just going to spend whatever left with one salary. So mm -hmm. living like a resident is the way we do it. So, so I don't know how much in terms of percent that's, but our budget is just within that. Just thinking that's only one of us is has a job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, this was during the, your start in Tyler, Texas, or up to now, you, 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 that, that's your principle, investment principle? That, uh, that's my principle. So up to now, you practice that? Yes, yes. Okay, so 50% goes to your savings. Uh, yeah. any, any, any percentage that goes to like, uh, investments or like, like it just, it's just goes to 401k or does it go to other funds okay. or for uh, yes for investments? Uh, when i say savings it's it's specific it's mostly in, it's investing when i say ah. savings it's investing okay so uh so 50 percent 50 percent goes to investing to yes. all investment products products yes mm, 
that is uh, interesting because 50% is actually a lot. So for, yes. for a doctor like you, and uh, we don't know how much you make, but 50% is a lot. Because some people just, just uh, you know, have friends who just devote 10, 20%, even 5% of their net income to investing, which is fine. You have, uh, you have in, you're investing, but 50% actually is very good. Yes, exactly. Stephen, yeah. yeah, because uh, we're like in a unique situation because we started really like, um, um, I mean, being two positions and we complement each other and we, we, we can't, uh, we, um, my wife is, uh, she's always on board. Of, I mean, I mean, she, she could buy anything luxurious. I, I'm not saying, uh, uh, I stop her buying anything. I mean, you can see how we live, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, I have a. I could see. <laughs> but you see, time was in our uh, in favor because we started very early, like during residency. I think. I think, Doctor Stephen, the key in investing is start early. You know, start early. So your four hundred one k's, IRAs, and then yes. also do other investments, right? Exactly. So what I see back in residency, uh, IRA, uh, but when you say, say IRA for ONK, you have to really invest in the right funds or in, because there are a lot of products that has a lot of expense ratio or, or you being paying a lot. So I started my, my savings. When I say savings, it's investing. That's how mm -hmm. I. Okay, uh, okay. So uh, it's not. I'm not saving in the bank. I uh, because bank. I just keep my bank just enough, enough uh, funds just to make to pay my regular, um, my regular bills like credit card, utilities, and during that time, uh, car loans and uh, and mortgage. So most and, of your cash. So most of your cash, kuya goes to uh, most of the cash in your bank that's in the bank just goes for those basic payments exactly and then the rest, and the rest. goes to my brokerage account okay how about uh, emergency funds where do you do you have like an emergency fund or that's already your emergency fund because uh, like me i have emergency fund for one year just in case like now it's covid even though i don't work for a year i'm i can i can live so yeah, I have an emergency fund also in the uh, brokerage account, but it's a ah, market account. Yes. Okay. But my, it's usually I would say three months uh, should be enough because all the uh, all my investment they earn dividends and that and they are very liquid. I, if let's say worst scenario, uh, then I could tap those uh, dividends. So that's very nice because uh, yeah. if, if it's liquid, you can just take it out maybe with lesser fees. And at yes. the same time, that's your emergency fund and your emergency fund is actually earning dividends. Yes. And one Good thing idea. also, I have, I have also diversified because I have a number of uh, dialysis units mm. which okay. earn div uh, like rental income. So those mm -hmm. are passive income that I collect each month. So which is enough because... To date, I don't have any loans or anything. So, I, I think that's important, uh, Doctor Stephen. Yeah. If you have loans, uh, most most must must probably just pay off the loans so that you can start uh, investing. You know, um, one another question, Kuyano. Uh, do you hire a financial advisor to manage your investment, or just rely on your own 
experience? I, I just rely on my own. And actually, um, now I'm, uh, I consider myself, my psychic would be a financial coaching. So I have a mm -hmm. number of clients teaching them or coaching them uh, how to become financial literate. So you are uh, at the same time a financial coach? Yes. yes. For doctors or uh, even non-doctors? Even non-doctors. I actually have a number of clients, different places in, in the States, uh, from, from nurses, from, I mean, different, I mean, we, a number of doctors, but not only doctors. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe after this podcast, they could uh, contact you <laughs> and maybe ask for your uh, expertise, uh, Kuya Stephen. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm willing to do that as long as, because I don't charge any uh, fees. Really? Oh. Yep. What oh. I do is I, I charge fees, but they have to donate that to Tamo Sigma P. Ah, okay. <laughs> my foundation. That's, so that's how okay. they pay me. Uh, and, uh, and so that, that's why I'm a unique financial coach is I don't do it for my personal gain. It's, I give it back to my, uh, foundation. Okay. That's great. Because uh, uh, just to give our listeners uh, an idea, uh, both, uh, Dr. Stephen and I are members of the Tamu Sigma Phi fraternity of the USD medicine and surgery, and that's our foundation. So I want to yeah. thank, uh, Dr. Kuya Stephen for doing this, no? uh, for coaching and giving us uh, his earnings from the, uh, no, to our foundation. Yeah. So, um, okay, now we go to our next uh, few questions. And how do you define uh, financial freedom? And how, do you, how did you reach it? Have you reached it now? Uh, yes, okay. So, um, so, so how do you define um, financial freedom? Well, I would say first is... Um, I have nothing old, okay? No mortgage, no um, uh, no credit card debt, no car loans. So, uh, what is the meaning of financial freedom for me? Also, maybe it's a peace of mind, okay? Uh huh. I agree. Having and having enough, okay? Then uh, purchasing power that you can buy anything if you okay. like to. Okay. So, so uh, meaning you can buy anything without even working. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else? And also, I, think, I define financial freedom also is you can follow your heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, agree. Like for now, what, what I'm saying is now, I, I, my financial, uh, I'm financially free. I have no debt for ten years. So now I. Uh, I spend my time doing what I I'm passionate of, and this is uh, um, spreading financial literacy to to my friends or whoever would like to help uh, my help to to teach them. That's why uh, I'm doing this financial coaching. Okay, but but do you still practice, uh, Doctor Stephen? Yes. Yeah, okay. I still practice, but uh, I'm not pressured to. So I'm cutting back with my hours. I let my juniors do my calls. Okay. When I when, when they do my calls, I pay them to do my calls. So I'm in a, a big group. Like now, we're like sixteen um, nephrologists in a group. Okay, 
And I'm one of the most senior now since I've been practicing since 2001. Mm-hmm. So I also manage our company's uh, retirement account. So mm-hmm. I'm one of the fiduciary trustee of the company where we have like 50, 60 employees in our company. Wow. So you're, you're, you're really on the, on the investment side here because you have a fiduciary account. Um, yes. So um, what are the specific investments uh, to achieve this financial freedom? I mean, like you have a, a, your company and, and, and the rest uh, for dividends and your, your, your dialysis uh, 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 machines and whatever and w- uh, whatnot. But what are the specific investments like uh, paper investments like uh, index see. funds or stocks or whatever that, that you, uh, that, that you uh, use to achieve this financial freedom? Okay, so first, uh, when you say uh, when it comes to investing, first you have to choose the right financial institution. Okay? And uh, define different financial institutions. The, com- uh, the most common that we're aware of a financial institution is a bank, okay? So bank, so the purpose of the bank to me would be just to clear your check. So I deposit my paycheck to a bank and then when you start investing, you need to open a different financial institution, what we call brokerage account. Okay, so among the brokerage account, so just like a bank, you have to choose something, a solid bank that is not going to be default, especially in a financial crisis. Okay, mm-hmm. so I just use a local bank. Then next, choosing a brokerage company is also a key because if you remember the financial crisis, a number of big financial firms had to be bailed out by the government. So I chose Vanguard uh, Company, okay? Uh, Vanguard, can you yes. go back lang and, and mention Vanguard? You chose Vanguard? Yes, I chose Vanguard as my brokerage com- company. So when you have a brokerage company, that's where you can start investing because brokerage company will have different products. You can buy bonds, individual stocks, index funds, mutual funds. Okay. So why, why, why Vanguard, uh, Kuya? Okay, Vanguard because of um, one thing, they're not publicly owned. And during that, I, mean, I started Vanguard when I was a resident. Okay, imagine that. that was lucky you, lucky you, Kuya. <laughs> so, uh, so because I did my own homework and research, okay? I Vanguard and Fidelity during that time, okay? Vanguard is... They're like the founder of indexing, like a passive investing. And they have a, a, the lowest expense ratio. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I chose, so, so every paycheck I send them my, uh, so what we're promoting during the time was the S&P 500 index fund. That's in a way their uh, main product. Mm-hmm. And for me, I want a basket of stocks. So. Imagine 1993 or 94, or I mean 1994. So I send in them my check towards investing to S&P 500. I, then I also have Fidelity because my residency program or my hospital, they could only offer Fidelity in their 401k. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that time, 
the S and the uh, Fidelity they don't cater for indexing; they offer more of an active investing. So I was exposed to both types of investing. Mm -hmm. So indexing is a passive investing. Fidelity during that time they promoting active investing. So what's the difference, Kuya, between the index fund and an actively managed fund? All right, all right. Indexing, we know about. We could always hear in the news what is Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ. So when you say indexing, it's a passive index. Uh, there's, there's a uh, manager, okay, who manages the money and collects the money from different small investors. They're just going to buy the company that, that belongs to a certain index. So if it's an S&P 500, it will be the 500 largest company. In the United States, so that uh, uh, fund manager is not going to think about anything else. Just buy all the 500 companies that belongs to the uh, index. Now, the active investing, active investor, they don't have, they don't buy the whole 500 companies. In the, they could probably choose one, just 100 companies from the S&P 500. Or, and then 10 or another 100 companies from the NASDAQ and then others in the Dow Jones. So they're more of selectives. And then what they do is they're going to buy and sell. They actively invest. If they fell or they, from their research, they reach a certain value that they could sell it, then they will sell, sell, the, uh, sell that uh, company or stock. In indexing, they're not going to sell that stock or company unless they're being booted out from that index so that's why it's ah, indexing okay so uh, the index fund manager buys all the 500 stocks while the active managed funds buys only a few stocks of maybe 100 so probably that's why the uh, fees are even are lower for the index funds because it's less managed right exactly and also because uh when you're actively investing you have to spend trading costs every time you sell or buy it you have to pay a commission and at the same time the research the research because the those fund managers they have to go to companies or to really physically see the company if it's really a good invest uh, investment or it's really growing and they could also go to different like small companies so that's why it's active but it also entails a lot of expenses which they pass it on to the uh, smaller investors. Okay, so in your uh, statements, you mean that so the index fund is the way to go for investments, especially for beginners and starting residents? Yes, exactly. Because uh, buying individual stocks, you need a, I would say, um, a lot of money maybe millions mm -hmm. or so <laughs> because if you're just going to buy let's say 10 shares of amazon and if the amazon is selling like 2500 i mean how much so it's and usually a small investor your income is when i was a resident my income i i would say one thousand dollars i think a month if i remember right mm -hmm. so how do you budget and a a uh buy an individual stock with a $1,000 budget. 
So mm-hmm. I started like buying an index fund, you started like $50, $100, but you mm-hmm. need to do it discipline each time. So, so since the very start, Dr. Stephen, since the very start, 1993, you're already pacing $50, $100, $1,000 every month up yes. to now. So that means up it's growing now. 10%. It's like, uh, it's called compounding, right? Compounding interest. Yes. Yeah. So when I became an attending, so first when I was a resident, I could only afford $50, $100 a month. Then when I became an attending, then you, you, uh, increase the amount of your contribution. But even at resident, I make sure what is the maximum contribution I could make for my retirement account, I'll do that first. Okay. Any excess amount then go to the outside retirement account. So this is your main investment now that, that really made you financially free? Yes. Okay. Because it's been almost 20 years of investing, oh, 30 years of almost yeah. investing in the S&P 500 in Vanguard as an index fund. And with uh, at least 8 or 9% per annum, that's huge. Kuya. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, your recommendation for uh, residents in the States and fellows and those who are starting is to start a uh, Vanguard uh, index fund, S&P 500. Yes. And, and start placing their a small amount and then uh, the maximum amount they can give, they can place in, in every month. Exactly. And, and, and so having two doctors, like a couple doctors, so what we did is one, whatever salary one doctor, we're not going to spend it, but spend it by buying this S&P 500. So that was uh, wisely done. And now you're... Uh, you're um, your uh, like the fruits of your uh, what they call this your investment 30 years ago are now you can use any you can buy anything you want actually you know because and you're financially free you don't need to work actually and yes. uh, that's financially free dr stephen right exactly yes and including my uh, my kids education they i mean they were surprised that they don't have to uh uh to take uh, loans, which is very common here in the States, like student loans. I think and, that's a bad idea, <laughs> student loans. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, but, so now, now that uh, you, you said that, let's just make it clear that uh, for a, uh, not even for doctors, you know, not even for doctors, even your, uh, any, 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 if you're employed or uh, any, any job in the States, I think you should start investing early in Vanguard and uh, it's day one, right? Exactly. Uh, a number of clients who are nurses, they became millionaires. Wow. By doing, wow. I mean, they didn't, because Filipinos inherently, uh, they're, they're frugal, okay? But yeah. they just need guidance where to invest them. And they were surprised and that's why and uh, uh, they were able to retire comfortably not they're not doctors okay mm-hmm. but giving them guidance worth invest the the thing is cost efficient and tax efficient of investing is my main principle okay that's 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 
important. And then uh, maybe another question, Kuya, no? uh, with regards to Vanguard, which specific product in Vanguard, so that at least they know which specific product in Vanguard, they can start investing. And what's the interest, the, the, the Vanguard charges, so that they know. Okay. All right. So Vanguard, they have a number of um, um, mutual funds and index fund, okay? They're, so the most uh, most of my asset uh, is I, I bought like the S&P 500 index fund. So the expense ratio is like, I would say uh, 0 0.03, like 30 cents per thousand of your investing. Another product that I would recommend is the total stock index fund, okay? So S&P just in Vanguard. So uh -huh. S&P 500, 500 largest companies. Now they have this what we call total stock market index, which means it has at least 3,000 or 2,000 companies. It's like buying the whole company, uh, the whole market that being traded in the, uh, in the United States. One advantage of total stock market index is you have some exposure to small companies or mid-cap, small-cap companies, but 70% still large-cap companies. So when we say large-cap, it's like a $5 billion company at least. Oh, wow. So, so you have the recommendation for Vanguard is the total stocks, which is 3,000 companies, and S&P 500, which is 500 companies. So do you split that with your savings or investment? Do you split that to the two? Okay, this is how 50 -50, I do 50 okay. or how do you do it? Okay. So um, remember, my, um, what I follow is the three major indices, Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ, okay? So okay. the total stock market index, in a way, I mean, this is not technically the same, but in my mind, if I buy total stock market index, it's, the, uh, it's like reflecting the performance of the Dow Jones. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. so I have, uh, I split it like almost 50 50 total stock market index and SP 500. Okay. So, for example, a resident has like maybe $500 to spare, so 250 to SP 500 and then 250 to Dow Jones, something like that. Yes, Simple. but what, yeah, but what I do is this so SP, uh, the uh, IRA account and 401k account, you look at the uh, companies, what they offer. If they have S&P 500, then S&P 500 goes to the retirement account. And then the outside retirement account will be the total stock market index. Okay, so the IRA goes to the total smart index, total stock index, and 401ks goes to the S&P 500. This is for yes. the regular, this is for your regular things that you, that they, that they deduct from the salary, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then the extra you have, the extra income you have, or the extra savings you have, the fifty percent you invested in Vanguard. Yes, the same thing. Total stock market index fifty fifty, and S and P five hundred. So, uh, for your, when did you start doing this, uh, Kuya? Uh, just splitting this for, to Vanguard and and then the four hundred one to S and P five hundred IRA to uh, total stocks. Okay, uh, in a way, uh, because I, uh, um, I managed the, our investing, me and my wife. So what I did is for my own 401k, they have S&P 500. So I put 
and the IRA S&P 500, then my wife will be total stock market index. Ah, so uh, since you're two, <laughs> suerte, you know, yes. you're lucky. So yours goes to S&P 500, hers goes to the total stocks index. Yes, exactly. So, um, so pairing just one is good enough. Well, so for, probably for somebody who is starting, well, no, no, not, not much budget, maybe, probably S&P 500. That, I think that's the safest with Vanguard. I think so. Yeah, just one index fund so, so that you can maximize the value of that fund. Yes, yes. Unless you have more money, then you probably then contribute you to the other one. Yeah. Okay, last, uh, another question. Okay, you have a 2000 bubble crisis. Oh, of course, 1997. You were in the States early. Uh, yes, yep. You have 1997 mm -hmm. crisis, Asian financial crisis, 2000 uh, dot-com bubble, 2008 yep. uh, subprime, mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then now the COVID. Uh, what do you do? Uh, yes. do, you take it, do you take it out or just ro keep on rolling? That's well, a good question. <laughs> what do you think? Is that yes. a good question? <laughs> it's a very good question. Yes. Yeah. Um, and actually, this is where the experience uh, becomes handy, <laughs> like experience in the exposed, uh, being exposed to a market in a down market. Yeah. For me, it's, a, it's actually, I, I know uh, it's not good to say, but this is a buying opportunity for me. I, I'm elated, exactly. I would say. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, and, and because I was just investing in S&P 500, I know I'm not timing the market actually, so, uh, so that's the time that I, I buy more and just ride on and stay the course. Mm -hmm. okay. Agree, agree, agree. For me, it's the buying opportunity. So, okay. um, so I don't be concerned about any kind of financial crisis. Okay. So your your, your suggestion is, for example, I'm. Uh, this is just what from what I heard from you this is what i understand so for example i'm placing a a hundred dollars i was a resident a hundred dollars but i have savings a hundred dollars a hundred dollars a hundred and then 2008 came and you have like extra can you just uh maybe add some more because there it's down right maybe another thousand two thousand dollars and add some more is that right yes but before doing that make sure that you take care of your regular bills okay of course, yeah. So, that, so I, I, anything that you're going to invest is something that you don't need that money for the next five, ten years. This okay. is money for your future. So, I, mm -hmm. I don't in a down market because you don't know when, how long it will be the bear market. You don't want to put your all your money and then nothing left for paying for your regular bills or like an emergency fund. Okay, that's why uh, I think it's probably smart. Maybe like the net income, there's like a certain percentage. Maybe start thinking of a percentage that you will invest like 5, 10, 20%. I think that's, but you, yes. you're 50%. You're, you're, uh, you're one of the, uh, the, the, yeah, big, the, big, the big guys. <laughs> yeah, but for, <laughs> for when you're starting, I think 10 to 20% is good enough. Um, so, um, I think we're almost done with the interview, no? And, uh, I think, uh, did we miss anything, uh, Koya Stephen? I think we've, 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 uh, 
we have uh, mentioned index funds. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you still uh, like recommend buying individual stocks, or I think you also mentioned that uh, you don't do that anymore, right? I, I, well, I have a few individual stocks, okay, but I uh, individual stocks for me is more of your play money because <laughs> yeah, it's so it's like that you, so I uh, I have Apple, but I only buy companies that is not speculative and mm -hmm. like uh i set aside some for my pleasure in terms of playing a casino for me <laughs> but <laughs> but I, uh but i do it like a um i would say uh educated investing okay mm -hmm. okay uh, so you're just if this it's just an opportunity that if there's the mark of that, the value of that company that I know, I believe in that company. For example, Apple, when it was $90 per share, when it went down, then I realized my wife, she always buys her Apple product from iWatch, from iPhone. <laughs> so I said, so. okay. Then next, I bought Amazon because she always buys something Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's logical, practical. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, but I don't deal with like tax tips or like, uh, I mean, uh, stock tips. Like, uh -huh, oh, this might be a future uh, vaccine. Like, they yeah. could uh, invent this back. So I don't. So I only invest in a already well-established company. Okay. So uh, just to summarize, no, uh, Stephen, no? So uh, financial freedom for you is like doing something because of the, the, your financial success now with all your investments in, uh, in, in, in our index funds, you are able to be financially free, meaning you can do whatever you want, you're passionate about without uh, any uh, burden of working. And at the same time, yes. Uh, your uh, your your suggestion and your recommendations for investing start early as early as possible in Vanguard with the S and P five hundred index and the total stock index. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And then when you're uh, you have a chance to buy in the dips like a crisis, and then you can also do that. Right. Yep. Mm. Okay, so at least we have an idea of uh, how uh, Dr. Stephen invests. No? And it's like, uh, I think for me, this is uh, important. No? And also to, to tell you, uh, uh, Dr. Stephen, no? in the Philippines, for those who are interested, we also have S&P 500, uh, 500 index fund, a feeder fund or an ETF in BPI. So okay. you, can also, you can also invest uh, here in the index fund of the S&P 500 in pesos or in dollars. So what I do, like you also, I also invest there in the S&P 500 while I'm here in the Philippines. Uh, you know, every month, every month, every month, until I retire, just like you. <laughs> That's so, Actually, I'm very familiar with that BPI uh, feeder fund because yeah. my, my uh, sister-in-law, She's a practicing orthodontist in the Philippines. So she asked my advice. I mean, actually, I was the, I'm the one handling her uh, financial uh -huh. investment. And, and I did my research. And that's the one I, I've been using for her to invest. That's nice. The DPI feeder. Yeah, it's, it's a very good product. 
plus the interest is 0.75% per annum. So which is a little higher than the Vanguard. Of course, Vanguard is like 0.001, but, uh, but it's still good enough uh, because the fee is really low. That's the I good totally thing. agree with you. Yeah, uh, that's a smart move. Yes. So uh, for all the guests also, if you're going to invest in the Philippines, uh, S&P 500, go to BPI Feeder Fund, the ETF Feeder Fund. They have a low interest. So, uh, Dr. Stephen, that, that was fast. That was almost 45 minutes now. <laughs> and, oh, okay. uh, yes. Right. And we so covered uh, yeah. we covered a lot. We covered a lot. I'm sure our, our listeners are, are learned a lot and will start investing in Vanguard and here in the Philippines in BPI. Um, our last, my last question to you, Kuya, no? you, uh, you came okay. from a middle class family and now you are very successful in America with all your dialysis centers. Your, your, your investments are, you know, are, are successful. How do you define success as a doctor in America from a personal and professional standpoint? Okay. Uh, I would define success in America is being fulfilled in your profession. Now, I, I, I decided to continue practicing. It's not because to continue to earn money, but to help because I know I could contribute in the healthcare in, here in the United States because healthcare for me is a priority, especially now with the COVID. Uh, so I take care of a lot of uh, sick patients being uh, a practicing nephrologist. So I'm more passionate in in trying to help the, uh, uh, at least my experience, my education, uh, I could at least help in saving lives. So that's how I define my success. Able to practice uh, my vocation without thinking about the monetary, uh, without thinking about, any, I'm not pressured to make a living, but I'm more devoted in helping in the health of of the uh, of the my patients. I uh, agree a hundred percent on that, uh, Doctor Stephen. And uh, with that, uh, this ends our interview. And before you go, before you go, maybe you could have some parting words or inspiration words from our listeners, and maybe on how they can uh, invest or anything. Can you say a few words before you go? Uh, okay. Yes. Um, when it comes to investing, don't be intimidated. Whatever your profession, you can be successful and you will reach financial freedom. Everyone should have a responsibility in their uh, 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 personal financing. You don't rely on anyone. Do your own uh, homework and educate yourself. And that's a key to become successful in financing. I can't agree more with you, Dr. Stephen, my kuya, my brother in the fraternity. <laughs> so thank you very much for gracing our uh, show, our podcast, The Medicine of Success. And I'm sure the reason for this, that I interviewed you, you, I interviewed you because uh, your success in your practice and your investment strategies. So right, kuya, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And stay safe there. All right. So, so with that, uh, that's our episode on the, uh, uh, investment strategies for uh, U.S. doctors and physicians. And I hope you learned a lot and apply what you have learned here. And maybe one day you can uh, reach out to Dr. Stephen Pamatmat in Tyler, Texas, and maybe he can uh, give you some uh, advice on what to do with your, finance, with your finances. And with that, thank you for listening.
keep safe, stay safe, and God bless. And uh, watch out for my next episodes in the Medicine of Podcast. Thank you.